Gentlemen, welcome back to another brand new episode of the EPL Boys. Your home for everything English Premier League soccer, EFL Cup, FA Cup, sad coach news, and sad Matt news. Uh, my name is Matt, as always, with my best friend through the internet. JD, it's been a while, my friend. How has the little break we had gone? I mean, it's only been about a week. It's it's not too bad. Um, I had a good time over, over the break, you know. Um, visited some friends over the weekend. Watched a lot of FA Cup. Um, the glory of the F, the glory of the FA Cup just tickles my fancy and tickles my balls. I just, I love the FA Cup. I love everything about it. Don Garber, don't take the U.S. Open Cup away from me. Oh, he won't. One, no, 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 no. The clubs won't let it happen. From one sad fan to a really rich commissioner, don't take the magic of the U.S. Open Cup away from me. Um, yeah, no. And and what's crazy is it's like. Of course, JD and I decide to take a little break when massive, like we, again, this was a planned break, a lot of congestion. It was easier to just let everything play out and then see it all happen and then review it all at once instead of doing an episode in the middle of the chaos and kind of just being kind of just all yep. over the place. It, yep. it would have been sloppy. You wouldn't have liked it. We wouldn't have liked it. It just, it would have been bad. It would have been bad for everyone, but, um, one quick bit of funny news and a really like, hey, guess what? You're fired kind of thing. Um, massive shout out to the guy at EAFC who literally leaked every MLS and NWSL New Jersey, like New Jersey's for the season, a week or two before all these teams were going to announce their jerseys. Like, my guy. If I had any question about what the new Red Bull kit looked like, those questions are gone, JD. I'm good, and you know what? I'm sold. Well, I, he, he's I doing it. he's doing the Lord's work because you know damn well MLS would have only promoted Inter Miami's New Jersey by itself, which they're uh, look they're already doing. They wouldn't have I, given anything to any other club. I love that every team besides Inter Miami's jersey was announced by this leak, <laughs> knowing Inter Miami. Dude, Don Garber is looking for blood. Don Garber's walking around EA's facilities, and he's like, who's the person? Who's the motherfucker who ruined my messy wet dream? How dare we have other teams talking Jersey news, and no one's talking about Inner Miami? Bro, they, they literally, so ESPN, FC, and MLS, I think, posted like five separate posts on Instagram about Inter Miami today. Yeah, well, and I mean, they, and, uh, they, and they lost. They lost their, uh, they lost their second preseason game to Al-Halal. In Saudi and, Arabia. And and honestly, I get it. Messi's a permanent talking point. Ronaldo's a permanent talking point. There are just permanent talking points in our sports. I mean, for fuck's sake. Uh, JD and I are fucking sick and tired of hearing Miami just as much as NFL fans are sick and tired of seeing Taylor Swift on their screen. And it's just like, well, it's too fucking bad, JD, because we're just getting it all. It's going to happen, whether we like it or not. Um... But yeah, it's just, it, it truly and wholeheartedly, it's like, people are like, and people on MLS pages are debating this game. Yeah, I'm wait. sitting here, I'm sitting here like, you watched? 
Yeah, like, no, no, you don't need to debate the game. Just laugh at the fact that they lost. I can't watch highlights of Red Bull preseason matches. Something I legitimately would pay for. I actually can't stress this enough. If the Red Bull came out and went, hey guys, for $10 or $20, we'll give you complete full access to all preseason fixtures. Cool. Yeah, Take it's, my. It, it's yeah. just like the Premier League do it. Like with Liverpool, I pay six bucks a month for the two months of preseason for the LFC TV go or whatever. Get to watch all the preseason stuff. It's worth it, like, you know. Like, like I said, it's like I don't care that the games are at one o'clock in the afternoon on a Monday. I don't care that it's like three players I know and eight players I don't know. I don't care. I just want to watch my team. Oh, but it, watch Inter Miami go halfway around the world to play a team I don't care about. I'm so glad that's what my Apple TV subscription is getting me. I, I'm truly. Yep. Right here, right in my heart. This, these are the moments, JD, that matter. Like these are the moments that matter the most. But yeah, um, shout out to the guy at EAFC who probably lost his job. Oh, for sure. But, yeah. But definitely did the last JD said the Lord's work. I mean, like, and honestly, I, I want to be very clear. There's very few misses. Like, I mean, we could talk about it. I guess more when it comes out if we want to talk that MLS stuff. Very few misses. I think a lot of teams have a lot of really nice jerseys coming out this year, and I'm just gonna have to try very, very. Like, I'm gonna need the Shark Tank people to come in and help me negotiate to my wife how I'm going to explain a new Gotham kit, a new Red Bull kit. And the Devils just dropped absolutely the most fire stadium series hockey jersey on the planet. And I'm trying to sit here and be like, so it, it's it's a write-off. Like, I'm it's writing, a tax write-off, yeah. It's a tax write-off. Yeah, well, who's writing it off? I don't know. The government? Someone's writing it off. Matt, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll, get, you, I'll get you an authentic uh, Union, New Jersey. But I'll tell you this right now. The Union jersey's not bad. The DC United jersey's not terrible. I hate to say that fucking NYCFC might have the best kit of them all. I mean, fucking, you can't miss with black. You just can't. The, the, an all-black jersey doesn't miss, period. I don't know a time in my life I've seen a team with an all-black jersey and went, that doesn't look good. Um, there's, like, a few, there's a few older DC United kits that I would probably say weren't the best, but... But I'm saying all-black. Like not oh, as yeah, it's it's, it's not like a pattern in the black. I'm saying just a flat black jersey. It does not miss. It hits. It's a jersey that you could wear to dinner. Like it's it's clean. It's a fucking nice clean jersey. But before we get into any soccer news, because yes, a lot of EFL Cup action, a, uh, FA Cup action, and the Premier League preview coming this uh, for the upcoming uh, midweek games. J.D., a bombshell hit the entire soccer world as Jurgen Klopp has publicly come out and stated that he will be leaving Liverpool at the end of the year. Has not specified where he is going next. I refuse to believe that this is the end of the Jurgen Klopp coaching saga. Uh, but I, can, I can answer that for you, by the way. Yeah, yeah. Well, I want you to get into it. This is... <clears throat> I, I, I Take off the podcaster and just... I want to talk to J.D., the Liverpool fan... What has Jurgen Klopp meant to you in this exact time, in this time period of your Liverpool like fandom? So it's been what eight or nine years, I guess now. Which, um, in today's standards, is a while for a yeah, coach. yeah, <laughs> almost a decade. And it, it, I can tell you, it's 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 a little personal for me, just because I was actually in attendance 
for Jurgen Klopp's first ever game in charge of Liverpool in October 27 or 2015. Excuse me. Um, I was studying abroad in London, and Liverpool were playing away at White Hart Lane against Spurs. I bought tickets weeks in advance before Brendan Rodgers ever got sacked. So, to my luck, it, it happened to be Jurgen Klopp's first ever game. So I and I just I still have the ticket. I have a great photo for my seat. It's awesome. It's a memory that I will always hold. So it is kind of you know bittersweet in you know a personal way where I was there at the beginning and I, it's going to be sad in his last game. Hopefully it's Champions League final, but or uh, Europa League final. Excuse me. Um, I what he's meant to Liverpool over the, over this almost decade of, of time at the club. It's he came in at a at an awful period of the club in 2015. We uh, playing. Players out of position, players that couldn't play certain positions. It was just a substandard level of football for for a historic club like Liverpool, and he completely changed it over. And it, and it took a couple seasons. It took three years before his influence was actually shown with trophies and just general success. And that's what clubs need to do more often. I feel like a lot of the big clubs don't give long term managers the actual time to do anything like if, if Manchester United if most fans believe in Ten Hag but if he only gets two seasons to do anything you're never gonna you're, ne- you're just never gonna know I, I it happens too often and I think Liverpool did so well with Klopp just giving him time giving him the funds not crazy amounts but the right funds and and they also hired really well around him with like the sporting director transfer just you know transfer people and and that definitely helps but the personality of Jurgen Klopp to the city of Liverpool and that club in general to the fans I don't think we're gonna get that again anytime soon just that lovable personality off the field that so many play former players and current players for Liverpool will tell you was part of the reason they loved it so it's it's gonna be a huge loss um I think just the energy for one, and that's part of the reason that Klopp is stepping down is because it takes so much. He said he has said in his interview it takes so much energy out of him, and it's I I can understand it. It's I, we weren't most Liverpool fans weren't sure he was going to stay this long. To be honest, he he did sign an extension I think like a year and a half ago or something like that, um, which was keeping him till the end of this season. I I think I think it was to twenty twenty four, maybe it was twenty five. But either way, I don't blame him. For running out of energy in this high intensity, you know, style of play that Liverpool play, um, but yeah, it's it's going to be a huge miss. And uh, most people would agree he changed the Premier League for a good, in, like in a good way. He brought that. I mean, he didn't he didn't invent it, but he really pushed the the gegen pressing aspect of you know press right after loss of ball and just high energy. F- the whole way through the team from the defenders to the midfielders to the attackers and a lot of other teams now do that based off of the success Liverpool had early on while while doing the Gagan press so call it heavy metal football just call it beautiful Jurgen Klopp is going to be very missed and like I want to also be very clear even from me someone who of course is not a fan of Liverpool or their success we have to thank we genuinely have to thank Jurgen Klopp and Liverpool f- during this era because if not, 
we would have had 11 straight years, 9 straight years, whatever straight years of Man City absolutely just skull-fucking the entire fucking first division. And it just wouldn't have been fun. Like, it genuinely wouldn't have been fun. These Jurgen Klopp Liverpool teams have been a joy as a neutral fan to watch because they play a fairly ununique style of fo- a very unique style of football that it's hard to perfect and Jurgen Klopp gets the best out of his players and again JD made a very good point Jurgen Klopp invented 11 guys who arguably were average on a Sunday league squad and like he redefined restructured this entire that entire roster now liverpool arguably have one of the best starting 11s in world football and well, like that's that, a yeah i mean that, that that's the thing they he's leaving at kind of a really good time for the team where a new manager coming in they couldn't be walking into a better situation so i think the transition actually might dep- i mean depending on who it is the transition could be almost seamless if if Liverpool get the right guy. Yeah, I, I just... And that's going to be a key thing. Now, I want to talk to you really quickly. We briefly... We're going to speak a little bit about possible replacements. But, J.D., like, Bar- the Barcelona job is now in question. I personally believe Jurgen is going to just patiently wait for... He's patiently going to wait for that um, German national team position yeah, to open up. I, so, I that is such, in my opinion, I think that is such an easy win. Yep, for because, everyone. Because you want to talk about, and again, I'm not saying national team jobs are not important. I think they're very important. But like, excuse me if I'm being a little off or frank about this. Jurgen Klopp has to coach a bunch of professionals for a month every four months and then he can just honestly just go to games and just hang out yeah like he's scouting that's all he's doing which again i'm not discrediting that role but that yeah, it's, is it's, extreme- it's, it's 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 literally just less work no yeah. we're not discrediting what the work is it is just like physically less work yeah i i genuinely think that I think it would just be smart for him to go to the German national team job. I think taking on a Barcelona or possibly taking on another one of the big European top five, you know, top five league clubs is just like, because you're not like his exact words are he's tired. Again, realistically, I'm just sitting here thinking to myself, like, it would be stupid. Why would he leave? Liverpool to go to a Barcelona that's such an uncertain situation. Yeah, yeah. Like, no, that's... I th- like that was the talking point all day today. But ba- you know, Klopp is interested in Bayern. Why? Why on earth? I don't know why he... they're talking about that because Klopp literally said he's probably going to take a, a year off. Yeah, which he should. I mean, realistically, yeah, like, dude, anytime you've been in a high press position for this long and you don't take time off, you're just going to burn yourself out. And I bet you if you give Jurgen Klopp a year to rest, maybe the German national team job opens up. They're done with the year. Because realistically, the Euros are coming up. And the German national team is not replacing a head coach right now. Well, jo- coach- Julian Nagelsmann's contract goes through the Euros. Yes. Yeah, so like it, after it, it the- ends at the end. Yeah. Yeah. So think about it. Doesn't return. Open position. I, I think that's just... I think that's... that For me, like processing this entire news that seems to be the easiest point a to point b 
I don't know if you're thinking something different, JD. No, uh, I I agree that the German national uh, team job is probably the most likely, and I, I I would agree that it it's the best choice for him. Um, and I think that would be such a good win for the you know German football in general to have one of the best German coaches, you know, assume that role with this this up up and coming you know generation yeah. of German players. Yeah. So I. I, I agree that that should happen. It's just, depending on how Germany do in the Euros, do they get rid of Nagelsmann, basically? Yeah. And no, and the, my other thought was, hey, wouldn't that be super smooth if Nagelsmann stepped down, took the Liverpool job, and Klopp just went to the German national team, and they could just talk to each other, you know? Oh, Hey, I, I don't I don't know if that would work out the way I think it would in my head, but it wouldn't be that clean. Um, but I also don't know if Nagelsmann is quite the right person for Liverpool. Who knows? Yeah. No, I uh, I couldn't agree more. Replacements, JD. This now you did say Nagelsmann. Uh, there's only one name that comes to mind, and uh, let's. Oh, there's let only me be one. Very... There's one correct answer. Yeah, yeah. Uh, first of all, let me be very, very clear. For the first like thirty minutes, I texted JD and you know Dom. Let's, let's be clear, Dom. We were just texting JD with the most obnoxious replacements on earth. Um, a young Roy Hodges, just, I he's a guy who could be here for 15 years, JD. I mean, you're looking at a staple, a pinnacle. Bing Sam has not gotten the opportunity he's deserved. Nope. You know, Sean Deitch, hey, it's a short walk. Like, I would I would relinquish Jim Curtin from the Philadelphia Union if his destination was the head coaching job at Liverpool. <laughs> it's like you're on the phone with Jim. Like, hey, I know you're getting other job offers, but like, it's Liverpool or you're staying. Like, you don't have. <laughs> that's it. No other choice. Um, it's it's it it it's Javi Alonso. It's yeah. that that's that is. Tell me how it doesn't fit perfectly. He. Fan favorite, club legend, some say, left on the best of terms, still very loyal to the Liverpool fan base, has played under some of the best football minds, period, is literally leading Bayern Leverkusen in the Bundesliga, and it's not like, oh, they're by accident. This legitimately might be the first time Bayern Munich don't win the league in like a decade. And it's like, it actually has to do, and it's all rooted back to how good that Chavi Alonso is as a coach. This is the equivalent of the Green Bay Packers going from Brett Favre to Aaron Rodgers. It's like, hey, I'm glad that this guy who's been here a while, who's bullied my team, is gone. Oh, wait, blink twice. Oh, great, they have another stud of a manager who is young enough to sit in that position for another 10-plus years. Great. Super happy. Fuck my life. And he plays the same style. Just the heavy, you know, heavy, quick tempo, you know, win the ball back right after losing it. He does play with wingbacks, which could be interesting. I don't know if that would really suit Liverpool to a degree, but what I could really see is Xabi Alonso, one of the greatest central midfielders of his generation, finally, truly converting Trent into the midfield. Because I think Trent's still playing that hybrid role, which works out, but what better former player turned coach to teach you how to be a fucking midfielder. I mean, maybe this is Don, but Javi Alonso, you, you can't go wrong with that. 
Yeah, the, I, the only tough thing would be getting him out of Bayer Leverkusen, especially off the back of a, a you know a potential league title. Yeah, I, and, and and again, I think I wonder leaving at the end again. Of course, it was like Jurgen was going to leave on his own terms. It's not like he was just yeah, going to get he was, fired. He was never like, going to get fired. Yeah, Klopp, so. Klopp would have had to do something ridiculous to get yeah. fired. Um, as more information comes, we will present it. So. Oh, Jamie's I will say it. one more thing. There is another, I would almost say more realistic just because of the of how the acquisition would go. And it wouldn't be bad. Roberto De Zerbi. Which I think, looking at Javi Alonso at Leverkusen right now with the success he's having, it would be tough to get him in the summer right after Klopp. De Zerbi, however, is a very good coach, has done very well at Brighton, not doing the best at Brighton right now, therefore might, you know, be a little bit easier to get him. And I think he would bring a lot of energy to Liverpool. Yeah. He's a younger manager, has plenty of experience at this point, and I think that could be a good match. I think Javi Alonso is the, no- the number one, but Deserby would be very realistic and a good option. And... And I'm not saying Liverpool are stingy when it comes to spending money, but Deservey has done very good getting yeah. quality out of players on a budget. Yeah. Which I also think might be a really nice transition to go to Liverpool. But again, when more information comes, we will discuss. Let's quickly head over to the EFL Cup uh, EFL Cup semifinals. Uh, second leg, Chelsea 6, Middlesbrough 1. Uh, okay, Chelsea. Like, God forbid you did even... Again, just to be very clear, Chelsea were going into this second leg down a goal. Like, losing like one to nothing. And then decided to score six goals at home. This is what we expect, Chelsea. Like, for fuck's sake. Do it all the time. Don't be fucking weird about it. Like, you made this game interesting and then blew this team out of the water. It's like... If you just blew this team out of the water, I wouldn't have wasted my time and watched the second leg. Like, it yeah. legit, like it legitimately got to like three nothing, and I was like, "Well, I'm gonna turn this off now." Like, yeah, I, 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 I didn't turn it off. But my focus was away from the game after a point. Um, I this is what can happen in a two leg tie when you have just a team in a division a different division like i i just middlesbrough they showed so much character in the first leg but i didn't think that they were really out of chance going to stanford bridge with the away crowd um but 6-1 that's a little aggressive from chelsea i i didn't think it'd be that big of a gap um but that it, it is kind of the what happens when you know you're already 3-0 up and the team the, the team you're playing is deflated and the next three goals are pretty fucking easy. I, it can happen to anybody. Just ask Manchester United fans. Um, but Middlesbrough did get one back, so six to two on the whole tie. Uh, Middlesbrough can hold their heads high, but uh, yeah, they were, they were in it, and then the, and then very quickly they were not. Fulham won. Uh, Liverpool won. This game was interesting because <laughs> Fulham, did, yeah, Fulham. Fulham did not go away. Like, honestly, I, and I kind of thought at the beginning of this game, Diaz scoring early, I was like, well, that's it. Liverpool are going to score two goals before halftime. This game's going to be over. But uh, all credit to Fulham. They they gave it to Liverpool. They did not back down. They, t- they, they were in it, J.D., 
I mean, and this game was fun. This game was fun to the very last kick, because on, honest to God, I mean, Fulham, yes, I felt like Liverpool were in control, but Fulham, pff, close. Fucking close on a couple occasions, and man, I was, I honestly, I don't know why I was like, magic of the EFL Cup, I was like, Fulham are going to get a second goal. Fulham are going to tie this, and we're going to go to extra time, but nope. Liverpool get the win. JD, another final for Jurgen Klopp's Liverpool side against Chelsea again, of all teams. So let I, let me ask, how did you feel about the game, and then how do you feel going into the final? Um, I was a little worried at certain points of the game, but I'm very I'm very excited with the the, the progress that some of these younger players at Liverpool are making. Um, Jarrell Kwanzaa, center back, is just shining. And he, like, it, it's, at, you never want to say injuries are good, but Joel Matted picking up the injury he did where he's out for the rest of the season just paved the way for Kwanzaa to get minutes in games like this, and he is taking that to his advantage. And he's going to be a big player. I think he's only 20 and from the academy, and he's going to be huge. But being able to bring on, uh, I think Bobby Clark came on. Um, who else? Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Connor Bradley. Connor Bradley filling in for Trent Alexander-Arnold at right back has been a revelation. And I, I don't say that lightly because we're talking about Trent here. I think if Liverpool can figure out how to keep progressing Connor Bradley without obviously fully moving him you know, into the right back spot full time... Because Trent could then move into midfield, but it's I think just keeping Connor Bradley, you know, coming in here and there, maybe starting, you know, a, a League Cup or FA Cup game um, regularly, that could be really good in the future. Because then that would take the onus off of Trent to be defending, and he could stay in the midfield, and that would might be best for both players. Who knows? But I, I was I was very encouraged by what I saw in the game, especially late on with some of the younger players like Harvey Elliott, uh, Graver Birch, Curtis Jones, like some some of the younger guys, and that that bodes well for the future. Uh, but for for Liverpool, this is another final, like you said, against Chelsea, and honestly, I don't really have any worries about it. I think I think Liverpool know how to play Chelsea. They're playing them in in the league. Uh, this week, I believe, right? Uh, yeah, literally, like, full swing, like, going yeah. right into playing Chelsea versus Liverpool. Yeah, so we'll talk about that, uh, but, um, for the League Cup final, I'm not worried. Liverpool beat them in two finals two seasons ago, and I, I think Liverpool are a better team now than they were then, yeah. so... Let's move on now to the FA Cup. We're going to rapid-fire this just a little quickly. Bournemouth 5, Swansea nothing. Hey, cool. good good job. Cool. Um, Nottingham Forest tied Bristol City 0-0. The winner of that game is going to uh, play against Manchester United. So uh, up Bristol City, because um, that's going to go to a second leg. Chelsea versus Aston Villa 0-0. Uh, yeah. We don't talk about those. <laughs> uh, Manchester City uh, beat Tottenham one nothing. Uh, literally on one of the final kicks of the game. Nathan Ake at the depth, 88th minute, getting Man City's only goal. The game was fun to watch. I'm not going to lie. I'm glad I watched this game. Wasn't the greatest fixture to watch. But overall, I'm glad I chose this over any of the other games 
uh, in the FA Cup that day, but Manchester City just doing this. Like, they'll have a couple of these on their way to a cup final, and then in the final put their 11 best players on the field and just beat the shit out of whoever they play. It's like, for Tottenham... I'm a little upset. I, I felt like they had a few chances they could have taken a little bit better. They didn't have the most opportunities, but only having one shot on target in the entire game is just unexcusable. And Especially at home. Yeah, it, it's tough. It's a tough fixture. Um, Luton 2, Everton 1. Big JD, one. That's yeah. a big one. Yeah, Luton, that's a big win for Luton. That's a big boy win for Luton because they had to go on the road. It's number one. Number two, like, Everton away is not the easiest fixture. And I'll be honest with you, even though Luton got the first goal in this game, Harrison's goal in the, like, right right after halftime was a big momentum swinger, and there was a lot of mood in the game where Everton were going to get this. But Woodrow, 96 minute. Luton are fun to watch. Luton will literally play until the final kick. And JD, I fucking love it. I fucking love the fact that Luton still have this like this uh what's the word i'm thinking of this scrappy championship mentality in premier league football i actually enjoy that a lot because it's not predictable and i'll tell you this right now i i i want this team to stay up so bad i i it's just you can love it as much as you want i love it too but it's not keeping them up yeah but technically luton is not out of the race of a european place you'll love to see it yeah technically yeah, because if you win the FA Cup, you, you go get Europa. into... I th- I think I think it... I'm pretty sure you get Europa. And then there's a whole convoluted thing yeah. that if you got Champions League from the league, then the another team gets Europa. Something like that. But in this case, we could see a championship team next year playing in Europa League. Rules Seems. are made up. Rules made up. Points don't matter. It is literally <laughs> whose line is it anyway of the soccer world. Brighton 5, Sheffield 2. Oh, by the way... um. Yeah, just like in the EFL Cup for the past few weeks, uh, just talking about the Premier League teams, when the teams whittle down, we will discuss the smaller teams as well. Brighton 5, Sheffield 2, there is nothing about this game that needs to be talked about. Brighton put this game away fairly early. Um, Literally a goal, two goals right before the half. Like, that's something that Brighton need to clean up. Outside of literally, like, maybe four minutes of bad football, Brighton played this game extremely well. So, um... Yeah, Newcastle 2, Fulham nothing. Uh, I, unfortunately, this, I think, was a common example of the fact that even though Fulham owned the majority of the ball, Newcastle looked the less tired team, and I think that has to do a lot with Newcastle not having a midweek game and then taught, and Fulham having to play against Liverpool. Like, yeah. I think, realistically, I actually think this comes down to tired. If you're Newcastle, this is like a win but a win at what cost? Because I still think at times Fulham were the better side. And if Fulham, I think, were healthy and like full strength for this game, like not tired, I actually genuinely believe Fulham might have been okay in this game. Like, if you're Newcastle, this isn't one you're going to celebrate. Wolves 2, uh, West Brom nothing. Cool. Uh, Liverpool 5, Norwich 2. You want to talk about that at all? Um, yeah, it was pretty comfortable. There, you know, obviously Norwich did score two goals, but they never really came at times where it was concerning. Um, like I always knew Liverpool were just gonna score another. Um, you know, capping it off with Ryan Gravenberch, one of the last kicks of the game. Um, yeah, I, I felt good about this. Van Dyke getting on the goal sheet. 
um, Diogo Jota, Darwin, and Curtis Jones also. So five five goals, five different scorers. Um, Darwizzy, keep him in your mind. He's going to be there a while. Um, he, he's actually you know starting to score more. Darwizzy can he can stay for a while. That's fine. Not with that nickname. <laughs> Not with that nickname. No, like. That's like when Shaq go, went to a different team. Every time Shaq went to a different team, he got a different nickname. It's like, no, you're 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 just you are who you are. Like <laughs> Darwizzy. Darwizzy, man. No. Uh, but yeah, just it's just no. a good win and then uh, they play the winner of Watford and Southampton as they tied. Yeah. But um final game, Newport 2, Manchester United nothing. This game was exactly as I described. I want to be I very, notes, very clear. I have notes as well, so you go yeah. off. But Yeah, I, I, I just I want to be very clear. This game, and you can clip the last episode, my exact words are, Man United are going to win, but they're going to make me uncomfortable for 80% of this game. And guess what they did, boys and girls? They made me uncomfortable for 80% of this game. Also, this is a game where if VAR was in place, I don't think two of Man United's goals would have counted. That's also on the board. Number three, Anthony. Jesus fucking Christ, lad. For fuck's sake, you fucking scored a tap-in, and you made it seem like you scored the game winner in the World Cup final for your country. That was my my note. Um, Yeah. Yeah, it just screamed Vinicius for Tottenham against Marine FC couple seasons ago with under Josie Marino I ridiculous absolutely ridiculous first goal of the season and and assist hey goal and an assist yeah um just want to just put this out there (laughs) best player in the world Erling Holland zero goal zero assist in 2024 (laughs) Anthony one goal and one assist who's who was the steal now okay like (laughs) Man City are shivering no seriously like Show just a little bit of humility. Like, don't get me wrong. You want to kiss the badge in front of the traveling fans. That's great. Shirt lift up. Arms in the air. Seven different celebrations with seven different players. (laughs) Mate, it's Newport. Again, and no disrespect to Newport. Newport were were in in this this game. game, They were in this game. Like I told, like I said, I fucking said it. Because God forbid United had an easy fucking game, period. Um... I am happy that Mayno got on the goal sheet. I am theoretically happy Anthony got a goal and an assist. Like, maybe this can build something. And then I'm happy that uh, Rasmus Hoyland continues to get these goals where he's in the right place at the right time, you know, building up to it. But, um, yeah, there's only one thing to talk about. And once again, if we're talking about a Manchester United issue, not Manchester United's playing, which honestly, like, for fucking sake, I am tired of talking about the off-field shit. As much as the on-field shit pisses me off, JD, the off-field shit is fucking just becoming unbearable, and I want to put my face through concrete. Marcus Rashford decided to break Eric Ten Hag's literally number one rule, which is no alcohol during game weeks. Not only did he break that, he decided to go out clubbing. In now, Belfast. yes, I don't. Yeah, and yes, let me be in very a different. Clear. Well, kind of a different com- yeah. country. He had to travel. Le- let me be very clear. I am not aware if Marcus Rashford drank or not before any of the realist fact checkers coming down me. But um, when you're in a nightclub, certain beverages are flowing, and who am I to say what was or was not consumed? But apparently Marcus Rashford the following day was too ill to turn up to training. Put two and two together. I don't want to be mean here. 
Eric Ten Hag has literally put players in timeout for like half the season. Like, and I'm not trying to be mean here. Marcus Rashford, you seem like a really smart guy. Your buddy Jaden Sancho literally did this. And then literally got exiled from the club. Like, I actually can't stress this enough. It 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 baffles me. It genuinely baffles me. This is mad this is mad Matt time. I am Marcus Rashford needs to be the senior member. He is the first of this generation's young players to come through the academy and make something of himself in the first team. And for having the season he had last year, overcoming all the adversity, and not letting all the negative around him, the negative around the Jesse Lingard, who was his buddy, Paul Pogba, who was his buddy, Jaden Sancho, who was his buddy, Marcus Rashford was the guy who kept his head down and persevered and did his job. This season, he's been dog shit. And I've been willing to hide under the fact that Marcus Rashford's loyal to the badge and he'll never put anything besides the, like, besides the club first. Man United are not having a good season. Marcus Rashford is not scoring goals. The team overall morale is terrible. Half of our team is still fucking injured. We've been eliminated from two cup competitions already. What about celebrating and going to a club during the midweek seems correct to you, Marcus? What about fucking with a coach who literally has a set list of rules and has literally enforced them? It's not like this whole thing where Eric Ten Hag said he's going to do a bad thing and then like does a little slap on the wrist and say he doesn't do it again. Jaden Sancho got exiled from the club. I'm going to keep this very clear and very simple. Man United have a new owner, a new head of sport, a new CEO. They're going to bring uh, be bringing in a head of football relations pretty soon. Literally stole Manchester City's guy, who literally is the head of all recruitment that Man City have done the last decade. Man United, over the next five years, will be in a heavy transition period, where it seems the overall morale is Eric Tenog is here to stay, and we are building for the long term, not the instant success. JD, you're at your job, but you're getting a new boss. You're getting a new boss's boss. You're getting a new boss's boss's boss, and you're getting a new boss's 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 boss. Don't you think maybe you put your nose down and you do your work really hard so you can guarantee you have a job tomorrow? I just, really quick question. That's, yeah. 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 Why does Marcus Rashford think that he can just do whatever the fuck he wants? You are seeing there is a revelation. And honestly, JD, this is where I'm going to get mean. Marcus Rashford doesn't want to stay at Manchester United anymore. And is officially now... Tr this is, again, these are not proven facts. This is just a Man United fan who's just fucking mad that one of his favorite players is doing this in front of his own eyes. Marcus Rashford wants to leave the club. Marcus Rashford is exactly like Paul Pogba, Jesse Lingard, and Jaden Sancho. Football, second footballers. Marcus Rashford is officially put football second footballer. And that is about the meanest thing I could say about a professional football player. A guy who's on obnoxious wages, who fucking thinks he doesn't have to fucking turn up every day because he's the highest paid guy on the team. That is bush level thinking. And I'll tell you this right now. This might be the fucking... This is, this is the part that baffles me. Does Marcus Rashford think, like, United's trembling or scared? 
what are we going to do? Miss all two goals you've scored this year? Or for the fact that a literally 20-year-old Argentinian literally took your spot already. Like, Granacho has been our starting left wing this season for a month and a half now. While Marcus Rashford's been healthy. I have no comments. I genuinely have no comments. I'm so fucking mad. Like, Marcus, read the room. And you know what's the funniest fucking thing, JD? And I want to be very clear. I want to I want to bring this up now just because I want to make sure I'm not imagining this shit. If I am not mistaken, Marcus Rashford not a few days ago. Yes, let me be very clear. January 20th. It's the 29th today as we record. These issues have come over the last few days. Marcus Rashford is shown training outside on a basketball court and in a gym with a time emoji and him exhausted emoji. Motherfucker, you are officially not fooling anyone. You might as well just continue to post photos of you at the club. Loser. Fucking loser. And and that, folks, is why Matt never buys jerseys with names on the back. Amen. <laughs> Amen. The name on the back of the jersey will eventually make you cry. Yeah, me, me sitting here with my Kai Wagner jersey. But he hasn't left yet. He hasn't left yet, but... <laughs> yeah, we but. We haven't yeah, yet, but. We, we haven't yet decided if that's a good thing or not. Um, yeah, so that's that. Um, as the next round of the FA Cup comes, as the replays come, we will also be breaking that down as well. JD and I are going to rapid fire through these EPL previews to get you all set and ready for the midweek uh, fixtures. JD, we are starting Tuesday as you are listening to this episode, Nottingham Forest go away. Or, I'm sorry, they host, host Arsenal Football Club. This one is easy. Arsenal Football Club all the way. What are you thinking? Yeah, um, this should be easy. I'm going to say what I always say on paper. This should be a simple 3 or 4 nil win for Arsenal. Um, but maybe, maybe outside pressures of you know Liverpool and City doing well and kind of leaving Arsenal in the dust in, you know, in a way, mentally, um... Who knows? There could be a slip-up, but I, I'm, I'm going to go with an Arsenal comfortable win. And the fans as well are going Arsenal Football Club. Next game, Fulham are going up against Everton. JD, I'll have you kick this one off first. How you feeling? Um, Everton are coming off a big loss, and Fulham are co coming off of two big losses. This game's going to suck. I, I, I really just can't see anything good out of this game for either of these teams. I'm going to go with a draw. I, I think it's going to be a boring nil-nil draw. The fans are going with Fulham, but JD, I actually agree with you. Everton have not been playing good football recently, and I think that entire big wave of like being the team against like with their backs against the wall hasn't really worked out. And as well, I agree with you. Fulham looked good in their last game, but they looked tired, and I wonder how tired they're going to be. This is going to be like three games in like eight or nine days yeah. for Fulham. That's a lot of football. So I think I agree with JD. Bad football guaranteed. I'm going with a draw. I'm I, I think there will be goals in this game. Let me be very clear. I think that it won't be like zero zero. I think the score will be like two two, but it's just going to be tiring bad football. Luton are going to be hosting Brighton. Now JD, the fans are going with Brighton. I'm going with Luton. I am going with Luton because I'm a fucking idiot, number one. And number two, something about those fucking Mad Hatters just fucking makes me want to wake up in the morning and kiss the sun. 
I love them. JD, I love them. If they stay up, I'm getting a Luton jersey with no name on the back. No name on the back. Very clear. I want to be very clear about this. Very clear about this. JD, what do not you think? Not a Ross Barkley. Ooh. Ross Barkley would hit. Ross Barkley. <laughs> I need an ex-Man United player at the end of his career to go to Luton. That's <laughs> like... Well, uh, Jesse Lingard, jury's still out. I just also want to now retract back to the initial conversation we were having. Like, hey, Marcus, look at your buddy Jesse who has not played professional football in like a year and a half. You want to go hang out with him with all of his training videos at some high school, like, football field? (laughs) Get in there, buddy. Um, (laughs) Yeah, no. uh, Luton Town hosting Brighton. Honestly, I think I'm gonna I'm, I think I'm gonna open this up so that somebody gets points. I'm gonna go with the draw just because Luton, we've seen it at Kenilworth Road. They can be decent um, to a degree, and Brighton just haven't really been that good. They haven't blown me away this season like they did though in in prior yeah. years. So I, I'm, I'm gonna go with the draw here. Yeah, I, and and that's I'm thinking the exact same thing. Like Brighton just haven't been it this year for me like they haven't been that lethal that i want them to be saying that they'll win this game 6-1 yeah probably crystal palace will be hosting sheffield united uh no offense to sheffield united crystal palace are not only the home team but they are the much better team i'm gonna be going with crystal palace on this one yeah this is gonna be three draws in a row for me um, i i just i hate this matchup with every ounce of my being i i, I will not watch this game yeah, that that's the problem with the midweek. With everything all around the same time, it's just you know the issue is. Yeah, is I, I won't even be following this game. Yeah. Luton Town Brighton is probably what I'm going to watch. Fans are going with Crystal Palace, so we move on. Uh, Aston Villa will be hosting Newcastle United. This is the game, GD, that tickles my fancy because <sighs> Aston Villa have a little bit of answering to do, not being in the best of form up to this point over the last few game weeks. But Newcastle have a lot of questions to answer just being in the little bit of the slide that they're in. Uh, I will have you start this one first, JD. How are you feeling about this game? This is a big top six or top eight battle. Yeah, Villa have struggled a little bit recently, but so have Newcastle. And I I think Villa being home is what's going to put them over the edge. I'm going to go with a tight Aston Villa win. Yeah, the fans are going with Aston Villa, and, and I agree with you. I think Aston Villa on an iffy day are still better than Newcastle currently at their best. And it's just it, it's it's a lot to ask from this Newcastle side. There's also these huge transitions that um, apparently there's players on the out. There's rumors that Joe Linton's never playing with the club again. It's like those are big moves for a Newcastle side that aren't the most certain right now at those specific positions. Um, we're officially on to Wednesday. Manchester City are going up against Burnley. Yeah, City, City across the board. Not even a thought. Tottenham Hotspur going up against Brentford Football Club. Now, J.D., Tottenham didn't look great against Man City. And yes, I understand Brentford, Man City, two completely different beasts. Brentford got a little bit more rest. I'm going to be going with a Brentford victory in this game. I think Brentford go on the road to Tottenham and take all three points. Ivan Tony on the goal sheet, too. Ivan Tony's going to score in every game. That's it. I I love this more than anything if it happened, but it's not going to happen. Spurs are going to win. 
at home against a Brentford side that right now are basically re relying on Ivan Tony, and he's only been back for a game or two. Uh, that's not enough to beat one of the top, wait, like, one of the higher up teams right now. So I got to go with the Spurs win. Fans are going with Tottenham as well. Liverpool Football Club are going against Crystal. Uh, uh, Chelsea Football Club. JD, what are you thinking? Um, it's at Anfield, so Liverpool win. Um, right off the bat, that's that's kind of the determining factor. Especially with Klopp leaving at the end of the season. Not only are the fans going to be in the stands put like just supporting harder than they ever could, but the players know what this means to, for the club, for Jurgen Klopp, for the, for their future. If they can go out with a couple of trophies won this season, especially the Premier League, that would be unbelievable and what a send-off would be for Klopp. So the players are going to be extra motivated. Um, I, I, I think Liverpool are going to walk all over Chelsea. The fans are going with Liverpool. I'm going with Liverpool, but... I need you to do one thing for me, JD, and I, I hate to ask you to do it on the spot. Can you bring up your bet, betting app? What does $50 for Liverpool to win the league, what are those odds at right now? Because... um, Let me find out. I, I, I'm going to be honest here, boys and girls. There is this whole swan song kind of, like this whole last dance kind of feel to this Liverpool team, because let me be very clear, and I know JD probably doesn't want to hear this, we don't know, you know, we now know Jurgen Klopp is not coming back. We don't know the certainty of a Mo Salah for his future. We don't know the certainty of certain Liverpool players for this future. This could be the last of this current Liverpool's team. Like, these guys. It's the whole Michael Jordan last dance thing. And something fucking tells me that there is a magical fucking run brewing in front of us. Where Liverpool might not lose another game for the rest of the year in the league. Yep. Yep. I, and honestly, JD, if the odds are good, I might split a fifty dollar fucking. They're they're not good. A, Liverpool are minus one seventy five money line, so fifty bucks would win you twenty eight dollars and fifty seven cents. That's not a good bet. I, I it's just not to win the prem. That's it. Oh, to win the Prem. Oh, I yeah. thought you meant to beat Chelsea. No, no, to win the Premier oh, League. Oh, oh. I'm talking, oh. I am talking, I'm talking undefeated run. I'm talking, oh, fuck Chelsea. If Liverpool don't beat Chelsea, I want, like, I want my money back. <laughs> yeah, hold on. Let me, let me look at futures. Oh, oh my goodness. No, I, I can't. I have this odd feeling like Jurgen Klopp is just like. They're gonna do it. They're gonna last dance it all the way to the like all the way to the last week. Yeah. So it's not really that good of a futures bet because it's only at plus two thirty. Um, so fifty bucks will win you one hundred and fifteen. Nah. Uh, City are at minus one fifty five. I I don't understand who makes these yeah. betting odds. Liverpool. I know they. I knew City have a game in hand, but even that Liverpool are still two points above if City potentially win that game in hand. I, that makes no yeah. sense. I would almost say Arsenal at plus seven fifty. If you're just looking at betting wise, that's a better that's better odds. But not that it'll happen. Um, are you curious what nope. Manchester nope. United's I was, odds are? I was just thinking. Do I ask? And honest to God, I really don't want to have. I don't want to be upset. But what do you, no, no, no. Just, just, just guess. Oh what, my what do you God. Fifty bucks on United win. I they got it. Fifty, $50. They got to be going at over plus two thousand. 
They have to. There's no way. Like that. You want to you want to up that a little? Yeah, bit? I was about. To, it had to be over plus two thousand because there's no way. But, no, no, no. I, I want you to. I want you to get there though. Plus three. Plus five. A oh. L- little bit higher. Plus five five. A little bit higher. Plus five seven. Higher. Plus six. Higher. Plus six two. Higher. Plus six five. I don't want to play this game anymore. Plus nineteen thousand. What would a fifty dollar bet get me at plus nineteen thousand? Nine thousand five hundred dollars. <laughs> Do the boy. So so if you wanted to be really conservative, a ten dollar bet gets you nineteen hundred. Do the boys have it in them? <laughs> I'm I'm almost thinking about putting ten bucks on because God fucking red. I'll uh, never I'll never bet on Liverpool yeah. again. I've done that enough and lost that. But I would bet on my rivals no. because fuck the world is is fucking cruel. To me. I and let me be very fucking clear. If Man United at this point in the season win the title, <laughs> we're gonna need sobriety checks on Matt Daly. Like yeah. I might literally just tell my boss, hey. I'm not coming into work. Okay, when are you coming back? I'll let you know. But it's not going to be anytime soon. Going to be waking up and just popping bottles of champagne for the sheer hell of it. And spending your $19,500, right? Oh, yeah. Like... Because you're definitely making that $50. Yeah. (laughs) JD's going to make me drop $50 on Man United tonight. He's going to convince me at some point to do it. We're all at Liverpool Football Club. Uh, West Ham United, this is now Thursday. West Ham United Football Club will be going up against Bournemouth. JD, the fans are going to be going with a draw. I am going to be going with West Ham. I expect West Ham, they've had some pretty not great fixtures of recent, and I expect David Moyes to have his boys back together at home because we are now starting to get to the point of the season where you cannot not fall against teams like Bournemouth. I'm going to be going with West Ham United to take a point, a sloppy point. But a point, or three points nonetheless. I am going to go opposite. I think Bournemouth, um, they they didn't have the greatest game against Liverpool last time out in the league, but they did just come off a 5-0 win. Granted, it was Swansea. But how to get back, get your confidence back, beat the shit out of a lower league team. And I I just don't think West Ham are that good right now, even at home. I, I, I actually have a pretty good feeling Bournemouth are going to show up in this game. And, and take all three points. Yeah, so... Split decision across the board there. Wolves are hosting Manchester United with the final game of the EPL midweek fixtures. Uh, uh, the fans are going with Man United. I'm going with Man United. I actually don't believe... Uh, apparently, the rumors are that Man United... And Marcus Rashford has publicly stated that he is apologizing for his behavior and he will work towards whatever, blah, 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 blah. Marcus Rashford is the king of fucking I'm sorry, my bad Instagram posts. And I'm expecting one in the next 24 hours. So, pff, who cares? Uh, I still think Man United are going to win. Wolves have not looked a solid fixture this year. And Man United... If Rasmus Hoyland continues to look good, if Bruno continues to look good, if Granacho continues to look good, you know, there is success and there are goals amongst that roster. I think that they'll find their way through. Yeah, uh, Molyneux in, at times can be tough to play at, but right now, the way Wolves are playing, I, I can't see anything but a, a United win. Yeah. Quick update. The fans are at 109. I'm at 107. JD's at 99. We are... 
getting to the thick of things. We are now past the new year. We're into February shortly. Yeah, February. Holy shit. How the fuck did we get there? Thank you again for hanging out. Uh, it was a little bit longer of an episode, but there were a lot of games to talk about and there were a lot of things to talk about. So this will give you something to listen to on Tuesday, Wednesday, or Thursday morning, getting you prepped and ready for whatever Premier League team you are listening to or going to watch. Uh, JD and I will be back later in the week to break these games down as well, get you set up for the weekend fixtures. Love it. If you are not already, please give us a follow at the EPL Boys for everything English Premier League related on Instagram, uh, getting you up-to-date news, posts, and discussions open amongst the followers. Follow and get involved. If you are not already, please give us a subscribe to wherever you are getting your podcast from. Download the latest episodes. Give us five stars. Help us out. Those little things go a very, very long way. But for JD, guys, my name is Matt. Please be safe. Please be well. And we will see you guys next time. Peace out.